This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. We are so pleased to welcome back Coach Zach Evanesh of the Underground Strength Gym. If this is your first time tuning into our conversation with Zach, you are definitely in for a treat. If you happen to hear our last episode with the wrestling and football strength conditioning coach, you know that this man epitomizes passion. Every time I hear Zach speak, I'm reminded that some people were just born to coach. Listening to him is like breathing a fresh breath of motivation to take on the tough clients, the losing teams, and continue to battle the bullshit. Today's episode is a bit of a commentary on the woes of our industry, but as you'll hear, the plight of the hardworking coach is not without validation. Sometimes parents and athletes themselves are their own worst enemies. As the guys discuss, many uneducated folks don't know what they don't know. Zach even makes a comment regarding the irony of the situation. As he mentions, the people who should be listening to this podcast and others like it aren't. The ones who are probably need it the least. Well, if you are listening, tell the shitty coach at your gym to get in on this. This is episode 141. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? This is Luke here at Power Athlete HQ with Jay Welly, John Wellborn, the man with the plan. Texas over in D.C. He's joining in. Denny is traveling somewhere for a strongman competition. I thought it had to do with his new Zumba classes. Yeah, strongman Zumba. Yeah, strongman Zumba. It's kind of a hybrid. Yeah, no, it's not. It is exactly a hybrid. Well, yeah, I guess it's not kind of a hybrid. It's, it, well, the only thing that's hybriding is the fact that he's uh, has driving to dress, a Prius. Well, he's driving a Prius, but he also has to dress like a Latin flamingo dancer. Which is his best look. Oh, let's be honest. Isn't it everybody's? And on the horn... Joining us from the East Coast, the other coast, is our boy, Z, Zach Evanesh. What's going on, homie? What's happening, Power Athlete Nation? You guys are, you're one of my favorite podcasts, man, because you guys, I feel like, I feel like this is the shit kids should be listening to in school. I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what age group? Uh, fucking, fucking on. Yeah, they probably wouldn't grasp it, obviously, in, in first grade, but I just feel like, I don't know, you know, dropping some F-bombs, discussing violence, steak, heavy lifting, big trucks. And um, I always think to myself, I go, I use, you know, third grade math to run my business. So <laughs> I don't really know what, <laughs> is, like what is necessary to be taught in school after that age anyway. Today, my son was coughing up a storm. He's doing it last night. And I said, dude, you're getting sick because wrestling practice, you're going to bed late. You need to go to bed early. So this morning, I let him sleep in. I took him to school late. And I said, dude, do you want to stay home today and just rest? He goes, no, today's gym, and gym is awesome. <laughs> nice. Are you sure? Because it's like you're, you're coughing a lot. He's like, no, it's awesome. <laughs> He's going there just to work out. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, my wife has always asked my kids if they want to stay at home, and they say no. Yeah. And she's always like, why? And they're like, because we get to – 
uh, go to school and color and have lunch. And she's like, well, you can color and have lunch here. And they're like, yeah, it's not the same. We want to go. And they've been saying that since they were two or two and a half, which I don't know how my wife and I would necessarily deal with it. But Well, they got to listen to this podcast. They yeah. do, but they don't listen to me anyway. So the minute my voice would turn on, they would just shut off. So it'd be good. But, uh, dude, we were having an epic conversation off uh, off the line. Off. Well, this is on the line. This but is off, off the line. Off, so, the so, line. so some of our pre-show stuff is actually the best part of the show, and unfortunately we're a bunch of dipshits that don't hit, hit play. But uh, just to give you guys a little backstory. What we were rapping about is Zach is running into what every highly successful, good coach, uh, strength coach, runs into at some point where the internet, and I refer to internet in this kind of global, kind of dark, kind of dark crystal sense, uh, gets uh, just that deposits fraught bullshit everywhere. He's running into this kind of uh, head-on where he's trying to be this beacon of light and offer good training in uh, a part of the world that is built on fucking toughness and, like, shoveling snow. Not this pussy-ass California place we live, mm -hmm. uh, the great Northeast. Preach. And, um, you know, running into this head-on where, you know, he's trying to work his way and develop these kids through the best method, which is a very simple, basic, hard-work mentality. And he's getting fucking a rope-a-dope by a bunch of people that are are getting offered fancy sports-specific training. And I think every coach that has worked with any type of athletes will always run into this, which is the grass is greener or the shiny uh, uh, shiny lure that gets dangled in front of parents and people like, oh, no, you don't have to do this. You should go to spin class. You can get all that shit. So uh, that's what we were wrapping with offline. And, yeah, um, and before the show, we also do, like, we don't we have our video muted so we can't see, see each other now because we like to show each other we're not wearing pants on the podcast. Yeah, well, and it's a pantsless podcast. So Zach's not wearing pants, but the crazy thing is he's in a bathtub full of water with a toaster next to it. He's ready to depart. So we're trying to walk him off the edge and let him know everything's well, okay. Well, what's even stranger <laughs> is he's walking around his town in a set of, like, fatigues, and he has a bag, and he keeps quoting falling down. For those <laughs> of you guys that haven't seen the movie, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great one. Go to YouTube, check it out. Oh, yeah, it's the best. It's like, I want to go... Um... They could go on YouTube since nothing is sacred anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, now thanks to YouTube, you could find fucking everything. Well, we've also come to the conclusion, and I've said this many, many times, that the lowest level life form on the planet is the YouTube commenter. The people that comment on YouTube are uh, on a par with basically pond scum and the dog shit that gets fucking trapped in between my sole on my shoe after walking around maybe on the grass for about a week. Stomping on dog turds. I yeah. almost but YouTube is its own underworld. Like they're literally not like walking earth amongst us. They're, they're like beneath us and it's this like fucking fucking crazy ass tribe of everybody like screaming out there. You know it's like it's a bunch of just computers with like retards and rejects sitting behind them screaming. <laughs> yeah they, the people trying to troll the YouTube videos or something else. Yeah yeah it's like I, I'm I'm definitely on the verge of falling down in the in the sense of the strength and conditioning community. I mean, it's oh man, it's fucking making me nuts. I can't believe I'm even having to say it, but this will be my free therapy session. <laughs> exactly. So tell us how you're feeling, Zach. Oh God. Uh, let me tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> so, we were, as you guys said, we're rapping about the sports specific shit. <clears throat> And, um, you know, there's GPP, there's general specific, and as you guys said, sports specific is when you're doing the sport itself. 
And uh, the reason why, honestly, the reason why I get fired up is is because it ends up cheating the kids. Meaning, I I have no respect for a coach who pulls that bullshit and it doesn't actually help the kid. Like the until the flux capacitor actually happens, no kid is going to be able to go back in time and rewrite the history books of his high school or collegiate sports career or hers. And um, I just don't understand how people are duped into that, meaning <clears throat> this is football-specific workout, and there's parents out there, many parents out there, that are they fall for that shit. Um, and the when I look at, like, what is really the difference, right, meaning – Somebody says this is football specific work because <clears throat> they're sprinting, they're running hurdles and doing all that stuff. We do a lot of that shit too, but it's not all the same. Meaning just because this coach says he squats and we squat, it's not the same, right? Uh, we had a football coach stop by my gym two weeks ago <clears throat> because I wanted to help the team. It's a neighboring town. The team is like three and seven, four and six for the past two years. He sees our guys <clears throat> floor pressing, trap bar deadlifting. He's like, we do this. I go, in the back of my mind, I'm saying to myself, don't lash out. <laughs> don't, don't lash out and start exactly. I, All I can hear, dude, whenever I hear shit like this is like, don't push me because I'm close to the edge, <laughs> which is fucking uh, uh, rapper's delight, you know? And I do whatever I hear shit like that in the back of my head, it's like, don't push me because yeah. I'm close to the edge. Oh, man. That song is so funny. So I know, you know, even people have told me this, like, you know, in business, like somebody comes to you, you used to own your CrossFit gym, John, and somebody's like, um, hey, you know, I want to like tone and tighten my, my uh, abs and thighs. And you're not supposed to say, well, fuck that. We don't tone and tighten. We're going to squat. You say, absolutely. That's what we're going to do. Then you get them in the door and then you start doing your thing. So this guy's saying, yeah, we do all that. And of course I go, yeah, I hear that all the time. He goes, no, no, we do. <laughs> so uh, one of the kids that trains there, he's like, he comes to the gym after leaving there. He goes, motherfuckers. <laughs> he goes, motherfuckers. He goes, everybody in this weight room is doing their deadlifts with their back rounded. They're squatting, not even halfway down. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. I go, I know. But he said that you do all this. And that's the thing. Like people think that a squat is a squat. Well, if everybody squats and benches the same, then why isn't everybody benching, you know, 500 pounds like Westside, squatting eight, 900 pounds like Westside? Because it's different. It's the same reason like every pizzeria uses, you know, uh, their, their dough, their, their bread, whatever, the, the tomato sauce and cheese. But why is this pizzeria different than the one right down the street? It's the chef. It's how you do it. It's all those little details that are the difference between good to great or even average to good. And uh, those details are so disrespected outside of like the highest level strength coaches that I almost feel like we're fucked in the strength and conditioning world. I really don't think that this is going to come full circle, meaning I don't think we're going to come back. I mean, we did have a little bit, right, in the early 2000s, the functional training craze, like you had to do everything on one leg, on a stability ball, with rotation, and then it started getting into more of like, you know, the free weights, the powerlifting, the, the weightlifting, 
but I don't think we're going to get back to basic hard fucking work. I don't think we're going to get back. I completely disagree. I, I, you know what? And just to ask you a question on that, I, I could never really figure out when people started talking about functional training and it looked like sitting on a boosie ball on one leg trying to balance. And I remember asking him like, what's functional? Are we preparing for an earthquake? Like, I don't remember the ground uh, moving underneath me. And, like, I was like, maybe if we're surfing? And, like, the, I, and I remember them talking about, like, no, it's functional. And I, I like, it, it never made sense to me. And um, I just ended up mocking that because that's really what I do when I don't understand something. I just mock it. And um, when I trained out at Mark Verstegen's place, Athlete Performance, I think after a while they just asked me not to come back anymore because I was mocking them so bad. And, uh, and they said it was bad for business because other people were starting to mock them. But case in point, um, I think we saw a departure from that. And then obviously, you know, and I, I really uh, have to give, you know, tip my hat to, you know, really, you know, CrossFit for getting people into barbell training because I think people, uh, you know, got into it. They liked the barbell. They started putting weights in their, and I, you know, in their garage, let's say, and there's kind of been a resurgence for that. But I think, I think at this point, uh, people are going to go back to more basic barbell stuff. And I think in terms of training and I, and, uh, you know, for the masses, I think it's kind of here. But the problem is, Zach, and I think what you're running into is that the with college prices uh, for tuition going up, all these parents now are like, you know, my kid has to get a scholarship or, you know, that be, that's become a big thing now. So these parents figure like, oh, the earlier they specialize, uh, the better they will be. So then all of a sudden this coach goes, oh, we are doing football-specific training. And the parent who is completely uneducated goes, oh, well, I want my kid to be good at football. So if the training is tailored towards football, the problem is is that the general public and the masses have no fucking concept of like hierarchy of training and at which point you specialize and all this stuff. And I mean, dude, I've written blog post after blog post about it that the world's best athletes and the people that I played with in uh, my, my last job, uh, most of them didn't play football until like later in life in high school. I mean, I, I, I can't remember any of the guys that I, I worked with they were like, yeah, I started playing football at seven years old. Most of them, like, I played hoops. I did all these other things. And I just kind of got into football. I mean, you look at uh, Antonio Gates. Didn't even play football in college. You know, went and played basketball and then went and tried out. And, you know, Tony Gonzalez and different people. I mean, look how many pitchers were baseball guys. And so you you see these uh, athletes developing their skills because football is one of those things that really you it's the sum of the parts. You develop all these skills, and it just so happens to kind of fit you in. And, um, I mean, it's kind of like wrestling, like, What's what's wrestling specific training? It's wrestling. <laughs> like like it's like it's you're in a room practicing wrestling moves, and then when you leave there and you go to the weight room, you do strength training, which is your basic barbell work. And we had um uh you know who was at Miller on the podcast talking about his hierarchy of athlete and you know athletic performance. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, if you're strong, stable, and you do basic barbell strength training, oh, yeah. you know, whatever it looks like. And you couple that with actually doing the training of your sport, like actually going out and doing it instead of hand-jobbing yourself and to think that, like, doing a speed ladder in the gym is all you need to do to be successful in football. Uh, it's fucking bullshit. And, you know, you're seeing it and I'm seeing it. And more importantly, when people ask me about it, I'm like, dude, I have experience. I've been down this fucking path. And I'm telling you what the scams are, what the potholes, and these people still fucking fall into it. Well, see, I think it's the generation of the biohack and shit like that. Well, and... And on top of that, the fact that technology does 
does in fact make life easier. It allows you to accelerate a lot of the shit you're doing in terms of uh, productivity. Like technology is an amazing tool. Well, it is. People are looking for gimmicks and technology, and they're absolutely they they're fascinated by some of these gimmicks. And they're like, this is the this is the cutting edge technology and practice that I need to participate in to make sure that I can get to the next level quicker. When in actuality, it's all about just fucking as you. Move the dirt, axe to the grindstone, grind it out. Squat yeah, step. You can't pull. biohack physiology. So I think. Yeah, um, yeah uh, text, but there's uh, uh, the fucking uh, bulletproof uh, hack, um, the bulletproof scam artist guy. I mean, that's what he has millions of followers that are trying to hack the code. I mean, Zach, just to give you a background, anybody that tries to talk to me about biohacking, like every fucking hair on my body stands up and I get like an acid <laughs> reflux reaction because it's bullshit. It's uh, let me show you all the ways that that I'm going to teach you to cheat the system that don't really work, but I'm going to give you the illusion that they work because it's social media and I can Photoshop and lie. I mean, it's fucking nonsense. But I think you're, I think you guys are right, man. It, uh, in, in this day and age, there's this idea that there has to be some shortcut because we found a shortcut for everything. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to walk down the street, now I can take a fucking this. I mean, I don't have to call a taxi and call an Uber. Uh, instead of like actually going home and checking your messages for your, you guys are probably too young for that. Now I have Answer a I miss that, that simplicity. And when I think about, while well, I was listening to your podcast and I'm like, damn, the people who are, who need to listen to this podcast are not listening to this podcast. So <clears throat> I wonder if guys like us were, were pumping out all these, all this educational resources, um, giving them information, coaching, all these things. But the people that are getting it are the coaches or maybe people that used to be the competitive athletes. But who are the people that need to be listening to this? The parents of this up-and-coming generation. Like my concern is, will we keep creating more and more coaches who outnumber um, – the amount of athletes, or kind of in this weird way, um, there's lots of coaches that are in the schools, right? They're teachers. I'm talking like at the high school level or the middle school level, and they suck. They suck because maybe not their skills, not so much their skills, but they they don't care about excellence. They're totally cool with average. Like nobody fights back about that. So I have a problem with that, meaning – when I see a uh, wrestling team, football team, or any sport, and they're losing year after year, right? They have like a 70, 80, 90% losing ratio. And I'm like, has no parent stood up and said, why? Like, what is going on here? Does nobody fight back against it? It's <clears throat> accepted, right? People like, I've learned that people like myself are not liked. In fact, a buddy of mine, he's a vice principal at a uh, high school. Uh, they take sports pretty serious down there. He was an All-American wrestler. He was a state finalist in high school. He was two-time coach of the year. I mean, this guy is awesome. And um, we're looking like every year I just update my resume. I update a cover letter, and he looks at my thing, and he goes, dude, don't ever send this uh, resume to a school. In fact, the reason why is because I sent it to the town I live in as a volunteer coach. He goes, get rid of that cover letter, all this passion, all of this 
working at Rutgers, working at Lehigh, working at Blair Academy, training over a thousand athletes, developing, you know, countless all-state wrestlers, training athletes for um, <clears throat> Olympic trials, get rid of that. That's going to go straight in the garbage can if you send that to a school. I go, are you joking? He goes, nope. He goes, this is going to freak people the fuck out. Now you're going to, everybody else is going to be, you're going to, they, they look at this as you're a threat. You're going to come in, start questioning their system, questioning their authority. You're going to start pushing them to do more work. I go, so you're telling me that excellence is basically, it's not a good thing. It's dead. Not, he goes, not in the schools. And I said, motherfucker, like I'm hey, just pissed. Hey Z, what, what was the name of that bar in Lehigh? We're right over near the college. We used to always go there when we went there for training camp, and there was like a, a bar. Was it called? Damn, I don't know that. Uh, was it? Was it, was it called Shooters? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, you told me about that with the. Um, oh, guess, dude. Uh, what did yeah, you we, guys have training camp up there when you were with the Eagles? Did you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to go stay in the dorms and uh, practice at the facility, and uh, yeah, that's where we always went to training camp was Lehigh, Pennsylvania. That's and, a, uh, yeah. So. They, there, there was this local bar that we would go to for, uh, fucking eat that place for lunch. That place would just get killed. But uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. That, that's what you said, Lehigh, and all of a sudden it was sticking in my head. But yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. I remember you asking me about that a while ago. So uh, you know, talk, thinking about Lehigh, I remember when I went to Lehigh last year. Well, actually, when I first went to Lehigh, I went up there to just train a group of guys. At the time, um, Coach Buxton, who was like one of the most respected and world-renowned high school coaches he had built up Blair Academy into you know what you would call a dynasty they just they just demolished people and um, after he left Blair he went to Lehigh to run the uh, Lehigh Valley Wrestling Club which is all the guys that compete internationally and now Olympic trials and doing all that stuff so he they didn't even have um, their own uh, strength coach they would hire independent contractors this is a school Fifty thousand dollars a year. They, you know, uh, uh, right now they're ranked six in the country, but they didn't even have like a guy that was like serious for it. And when they brought me up there, their their wrestling room was connected to their weight room, which I think was over a hundred years old. It was fucking just beautiful. I have an old photo of it, and uh, I go and I I warm the guys up on the mat, and then the head coach says to me, "I just want to warn you." Before you go into this weight room, you know, it's old, it's a dungeon in the back of my head. I'm like, sounds like fucking heaven to me. Take me into the weight room. Can't remember how many guys I had in there. It was a blend of their, uh, their, uh, guys that were competing, prepping for Olympics and, uh, and their, uh, higher level guys, starters. And dude, it was like a 750 square foot gym. They had the old Dr. Yessie's glute ham developer in there. The ceiling wasn't very high. They had just three half racks in there. They had thick-handled dumbbells that were up to like 180, 190. I mean, we were just destroyed that gym. When I actually went there and was hired as the strength coach, they had a new multi-million dollar facility put together. Fucking air conditioned, just real perfect, you know? And when I went there, I was like, man, first thing we got to do is not train in this gym. And I took them to train <laughs> probably on the side um, where the football team trains, which is uh, the other side of the mountain is what they call it. And we just fucking, I literally had them like just shy of like a street fight. 
to just make sure that like we started things off on like the most violent way possible because what I've learned year after year and I and I know you guys speak about this all the time is like there's so many programs that are so imperfect but if the person has that proper mindset or maybe he's a higher skilled athlete like there could be so many flaws in the training program that it actually helps them perform better in the sports arena. Meaning you and I, us guys, we know a lot of people that are these high level kind of scientific programmers. They're talking about percents and perfect reps and optimal rest periods and, you know, high low method and don't train hard two days in a row. But when you do that, are you really building a bad motherfucker? Are you? You're probably not unless that person is coming from a violent background. Um, you know, a pet, maybe he's got like a thing about like the Navy SEALs. Like, do those guys train optimally? Nothing they do is optimal. And that's the reason they break them down and build them up to become what they need them to become. And I think in training, all this perfect stuff is it is so it is the fucking enemy it is just too perfect and um i believe that like building bad sons of bitches through i don't even want to say a weight room because i don't necessarily need a weight room i could do it in a garage or a backyard it is the ultimate equalizer to develop the person mentally and physically you know it's uh and I, what what is the tough thing is people like us and the people listening get that but the people who need to understand it don't get it, right? The people who need to be listening are the ones looking for, you know, the speed school, the functional this and that. And the reason why that fires me up is I've had many kids come from those speed schools and they can't do one pull-up. They can't do a bodyweight squat below parallel and maintain a flat back, you know? Like that's, to me, like what the fuck was going on for six months? And I just get, I take it personal because I feel like the parents get ripped off. They worked for that money and they got duped. The kid loses six months of preparation time, which we can make a lot of progress in. It just fires me up that people don't get it. And I honestly, like my fear is that people will never get it because, you know, we talk about technology. Nowadays, people don't look at your website. They'll look at your Instagram, maybe your Facebook, and you've got five seconds to capture somebody's attention and inform them. And then you're at the mercy of a swipe of a finger, right? And in strength and conditioning, the best strength coaches are not the most successful, meaning they don't have the most athletes because they require consistency, dedication, hard work. They require the things um, that actually do work. And a lot of people do not want that stuff. They want, um, they get, it's just, they don't like the work. That's what it comes down to. So I, can, I can speak to a lot of what you're saying, Zach. So two coaches that I've run into just in my journey, the first is the five-star hotel, the guy that makes sure that there's a perfect post-workout shake. He makes sure it's 68.8 degrees in the weight room for his guy so he can make the most out of that training, but he's not necessarily preparing him for the stresses. And the second is this is mainly sport coaches, but the five-star general. The guy who's just a dickhead, he grinds his guys into the ground trying to drown them all yep. just to see what leaders emerge. But at the same time, he is doing so much damage to his team just on that, that team level, team chemistry, 
not even developing leadership. Those kids that emerged, they were leaders to begin with. So he's just crushing and then doing doing more harm than good. There's a blend. You have to have a blend of science and what I call practicality, or what I just call like blending science with hell. You guys, yeah. you guys are missing the single best analogy for this, uh, Rocky Three. Yeah, Rocky Three, right. Rocky Four. You got yeah, Stallone he's training in the ballroom, and you got Clever Lang, who's in the in the cellar grinding it out. He goes in there and he lays a beat down on Rocky, and then what's Rocky got to do? He's got to go to Venice Beach. He's got to go find you know the place. And you walk in, and you see those dudes, and he's like, they're hungry, and they're all trained in like a sweaty dark gym, and like that's what yeah. he starts doing, and then he regets it. And like, dude, I'm I'm with you guys, man. Like, when I see something that's too nice, I'm always like, man, this is too nice for us, dude. We we don't belong in this. And um, dude, I have trained in really really nice facilities with perfect weights and all that. And dude, those are never the places that really like somebody like some creature just crawls out of it, just destroys everything. It's you know always the, yeah. the strong, the dirty, like the grindy, the hot, and the cold. I mean, just rusty. like that place. Yeah, rusty, weird equipment, homemade stuff. I mean, that's the stuff where you come out, you're like, man. Strong people come out of this place. The people that come out of this place are like fucking, you know, are the people that are going to quit on you pretty early on. So, uh, yeah, like Rocky Three was like the best analogy for that stuff. I remember when I was watching Rocky Three, when I was first um, training athletes out of my parents' garage, and I remember pausing. I had it on VHS, and I remember pausing it when he was walking into Tough Gym, and I took out a sheet of paper and I drew the tough gym sign. I was like, I'm going to call my gym tough gym. And then, yeah, in Rocky three, what did Nikki say? He goes, rock, you did the worst thing that could happen to a fighter. You got civilized. And I see that <laughs> happening with many, many athletes. They get civilized. They find that perfect place. And, uh, you know, Luke, who's saying that? Luke Tex, who was talking about like the guy that just grinds you down and kills? Tex, that was Tex. So Tex, exactly, right? You have the guy that's trying to be perfect, 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 but in sports, there's no perfection. There's no absolutes. There's so many, you know, unknowns that could happen, so we're not developing them mentally. And um, then the guy that just beats the shit out of them, well, you know, a parent said that to me. They're like, oh, are you like this other coach? This guy used to be in the area. He, you know, my kid used to like, oh, he would almost throw up. Okay, so that's that's the fucking marker now of like the great coach, like make you throw up. Like people are just, they're so, you know, people are going to believe what they're going to believe. And I just think it's, um, we're in this like weird place now where I feel like the strength coaches and the hardcore lifters get it. But the people who need to get it are out there getting duped. Like they think, you know what I'm saying? They they think that what their kid is going through is helpful. But I guess like my reality is I want everybody to be a champion. But there's only so much room at the top of the mountain or at, or at the top of the podium. And, you know, it's the food chain, right? There, it's the It's the food chain, like king of the jungle. Like not everybody can be the predator. There has to be the top, the middle, the bottom of the food chain. But what pisses me off is I feel that everybody can be very successful, but there's so many fucking excuses behind, oh, I can't eat, oh, my mom this, my mom that. Oh, like, it's a ama- It's just 
I'm uh, so confused by people's willingness to just do these this work. That's actually not hard. Like lift three, four times a week, do some body weight on your own, go out and sprint and fucking eat eggs, drink cold milk, eat a bunch of steak and turkey sandwiches. Like these younger kids, it's so much easier for them, but they make it harder. And what I'm learning, especially these past few years is that these kids that don't get started on this training earlier or who come from a program that doesn't have good technique, when they show up in late eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, it is taking a really long time to just build them into having the ability to do a bodyweight squat, to do one push-up, because they've, they've detrained themselves beyond what somebody is in a state of if they've never worked out before. They've made themselves like weak and fat and unable to move, and it's like you're starting at the negative with some of these kids. It gets harder and harder, and uh, guys like myself who want to help these athletes were actually hated right? The, the sport coaches don't like you. They don't want their kids going to you, which is like, to me, I always say, why not? You, you don't have to run the weight room after school. You could go home and do whatever you want to do, uh, spend time with your family and let us build the athletes for you. But they don't want to. And it, it amazes me because I look at it very black and white. Is, is this thing that is doing whatever workout is being done, is this the best thing for the kids? If not, then let's do the best thing. Let's make it better. But uh, a lot of places don't don't look at it that way, and it's amazing how people accept it. That shit fucking fires me up. Like, I'm so confused seeing a team that loses year after year, and how come no parent is like, listen, why is, why is my son's football team losing all the time? Why, like, why, <laughs> why does nobody want to fight back for that? To me... Zach, is it, is it like a... Literally across the board, you're having this experiences. Are you meeting more progressive coaches or running into on the front lines when you're dealing with these parents, parents who get it? Yeah, I am. It is. I'm telling you, as an independent strength coach, like I'm getting to a, a very emotionally exhausted point. And uh, I'm not going to mention names of other coaches, but these are coaches that you guys know um, that either currently own gyms or don't own gyms. And they're also sick of that bullshit of, you know, the parent will rather take their son to a place that's five minutes closer to home and 50 bucks cheaper versus saying, what's the best thing for my son? Exactly. And, uh, As I'm sitting here, I think the problem is, you know, and we always are talking about, you know, when there's a problem, you know, don't tell me about the problem, give me the solution, right. uh, which is kind of the power athlete, you know, mindset where it's like, you know, I don't care about problems. I just care about solutions and how to get around them. But I was thinking about um, it would be interesting to like uh, you know for you and I and maybe Travis Mash and you know I can think of a few others to actually write something and be able to actually put it in like a small kind of ebook pamphlet that would be super cool to even put on the websites or be able to e email out to people or even hand to them so you know a parent calls you like hey I just want to send you this little bit of information about sports specific training uh, from you know some of the the best in the industry as almost a way you know because then you have information where they can kind of go through it I think. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to be able to circulate it or even print it out and have people come in or just hand it out. I mean, it'd be something that would be nice to be able to send to every single parent in America where they open up and it's like, Oh, do your kids play sports? Yeah, my kids play sports and they open it. And they're like, at some point, somebody's going to talk to you about training and, you know, let me talk to you about a few different people and their perceptions of that. 
And um, it just seems like uh, the parents are looking for the quick fix or looking for the easier way. And, you know, and what's unfortunate is the five minutes closer and the $50 cheaper uh, is a huge problem because they don't assess value. And like we talk about this all the time, like, like, you know, what's the value of it and if people can't or they can't understand value and a training has become uh, just basically a commodity because anybody with a pulse and a few thousand dollars can you know open up a gym and you know get some rogue equipment and throw it down I mean before to open a gym it took a little bit more because it wasn't as easily accessible and oh, now yeah. you know for a you know you can go to across the level one I mean you can do you know basically you don't even need that you can just basically just with a website Put up, you know, uh, you know, training high school athletes, sports specific training here at, you know, sports specific training barbell gym, and you know, with a, you know, few thousand dollars from Rogue, all of a sudden now you got that, you got some some indoor putting green, and next thing you know, you're doing sports specific training because that's what you saw on the internet. Yeah, and, we, uh, it's, it it's it's you know, prevention. It's um, we need you know, and I work like man, I put a lot of energy into this, and um. We should definitely do that. And you know what's interesting is um, I wrote a book, right? Pretty pretty large book, and um, I give it to a lot of coaches, athletic directors, and um, they don't pay mind to it. They don't look at the photos of those kids and read the trend. It's like they they're okay with just punching that clock. And um, I had a, a seminar at my gym, and I ran the seminar. I think it was early December. And um, the first thing I, I uh, spoke about was, you know, in New Jersey, there's this area down by, um, you guys know uh, Steve, um, I forget Steve's last name, he runs Steve's Club, right? He runs the nonprofit. And um, that's in Camden, which is one of the, it's like a very dangerous area, <laughs> real dangerous. Yeah, dude, I, I lived in Philly, man. Okay. I know exactly where Camden is. Okay. I rode across the bridge right there all the time. Camden's like, it's, it's they got problems. There's no sports specific, nothing going on there. But two or three years ago, one of their wrestlers won a heavyweight state championship. Then last year, I saw another one of their wrestlers in the States. It is friggin' hard to qualify for states, let alone win a state championship. Then before I even owned a gym, I was at Rutgers University at something called Junior Day. And I think I shared this story with you guys, but um, they had a bunch of those round circular table, tables that are at like the high school cafeterias could sit like 10, 12 kids at them. And there was one, two kids from, you know, all these high school teams, but then Camden, and I'm not talking about Camden Catholic, the private school, but Camden, the public school had like a full table. There was like 14 kids from Camden. And I was like, holy shit, you know why these guys are all here? And, and junior day is the top 100 recruits in New Jersey that are entering senior year. And I said, I know why they're tough. They have to fight their way home. They got to worry about being shot. They play street football, which you don't see anymore. You go drive by any park. When's the last tackle football game you saw organized by kids? There ain't shit going on. And uh, that I said to the parents, I go, why do these kids who have no strength coach, who have no wrestling club, no speed school, why are they churning out all state, state champ, and all conference athletes. And I said, it's because they're tough and they fight. And what was the first thing that one of the parents said to me before I even did it? I said, hey, where are you guys from? What sports? Football. We're from this town. I go, nice. How'd you do? First thing one of the, the dads says to me, he's like, well, he got ripped off. 
So then after I spoke about Camden, I said, the next thing I'm going to talk about is nobody's going to like this either. But it's important for me to tell everybody the truth is there's no such thing as getting ripped off. I go, it's always a very clear cut. Um, you know, it's a very, it's very clear cut and obvious who is the best person for the job, be it in football, wrestling, baseball. You're either the most skilled, strongest, fastest, tougher guy, or you're not. And if you're not, it's because you didn't do the work. So every, wherever you are right now, it's because that is what you earned. If you didn't work, you know, if you're not big and strong, trust me, you ain't doing the work in the gym, out of the gym, the whole lifestyle thing. And uh, I know they didn't want to hear that, but in my heart, I was like, I got to fucking unleash some truth on these parents. And, and that's where we need to be, right? So what is the solution for this is, um, I even spoke to Joe Ken. Joe Ken said he tried when he was in between jobs uh, before going into the NFL. He goes, I, I tried uh, helping at a high school and I was turned down. <laughs> Who's turning oh, yeah. down Joe Ken? Like, do you know what I'm saying? So what we need is to really work with these high school kids is you must be in the high school. That is ultimately the best way. So there's communication with them. So they're, they have an expert running the weight room rather than the science teacher. You know what I'm saying? Or whoever is picking up their extra 2000 bucks for the semester. Um, that, and, and that's my thing is like these kids, they deserve it, but they don't know what they don't know. Right. They just don't know. They haven't been edu educated. Nobody's giving us an opportunity to educate them. I know lots of strength coaches reaching out to uh, sport coaches who get no response. And it's not like we're gonna steal their job. We're there trying to help you. You know what I'm saying? So there's gotta be a way. Can this book help? Man, I, I think it needs to be a free book and it has to be somehow somehow put in the hands of parents of, of athletes, somehow, some way, all around, all around this country. Yeah, I d definitely think that's a great opportunity to, to highlight the lessons that can be learned from a barbell. So I know there's, there's plenty of good quotes out there, but no one truly grasped it and understand it unless they've been buried by a squat. I mean, you don't know failure until you put, basically put your nuts on the chopping block, step up to 405 on a barbell, and you either hit it or you don't. And so you that's all the way down, right? There's no, uh, so when a kid says to me, I squat 365 in school, I go, how? Two weeks ago, we just did 185. How did you double strength in two weeks? And what happens is in that weight room, there is a acceptance of good or you don't have to go all the way down. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys always put out that, that in like fuck mediocrity, fuck average. Like that's what I'm a believer in. And whenever I see that, I'm like, I hope somebody's really taking this shit to heart when they are coaching, they're, they're really, they're, they're actually making everything excellent. Like that half squat, no good, unacceptable. That round back deadlift, no good. We got to make it better. And, um, you know, that's a big reason why I left public schools is when I worked at that certain district, it was like, man, I'm trying to help these kids and, and the administration won't even let me, but it's not like that everywhere. Right. There's, um, down south in uh, North South Carolina, Florida, they're putting a lot of time and energy into having high school strength coaches who are legitimate experts and have their shit together. 
the prep schools are doing it. The public schools could do it, but it's amazing how much yellow tape they have. Um, but there's always ways around it, right? If I was a sport coach, you know what I would do? I would research who's the best strength coach in the area, and I would develop a relation. Then I would try and find ways to do mini clinics and fundraisers and all kinds of things that make the kids better. I wouldn't try to do it on my own. I'd build a team and literally try to, to leverage my resources instead of you know, denying the fact and saying, hey, I, I could do this. Why not leverage the people out there who could do the work? You know what I'm saying? And that's where uh, the frustration comes. And I, I've uh, known some very good strength and conditioning coaches who stopped training athletes because they couldn't provide for their family. They're like, I can't, it ain't fucking working. I'm just going to train, you know, people who want to burn fat and be fit. And then you end up living a life not really doing what you're passionate about. And that's, you know, to me, that's no way to live either. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And I think there's a little bit of a problem too, and not that, uh, you know, this culmination of wise words from all of our coaches here um, is a futile effort, but people were in, I find myself trying to give advice or coaching, whatever, um, to people in person, over the internet, whatever. And it's like, people will hear you, but they don't listen to you for some reason. It's like, you're talking, they're like, okay, yeah. It's like, did you fucking listen to what I just told you? Or did you just hear no, the noise that came out of my No, mind? I think what people are looking for is they're looking for validation for what they're already doing. <laughs> we run into that all the time where people are like, ask me a question, and then I answer it, and then they try to, like, argue with me about it. And I'm like, well, dude, you asked me the question. It's not like, you know, like you're – you know, it just it just blows my mind. And what I realized long ago is that people have their kind of set perception on what they think is right or wrong. And then what they do is they ask certain people so that they can get validation for what they're doing. And then when you tell them that they're a fucking idiot and they don't know what the fuck they're doing, they and take that's the sugarcoating fence. it. That's, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm just unsugarcoating. And normally I say it in a nicer way, like you know, you're a complete fucking moron. But I think you put it out there and. The uh, and we have a term here at Power Athlete. It's called the butt hurt. Like the butt hurt gets just so massive that um, they all of a sudden retract and they get in this defensive mode instead of being like, "Wow, hey, this is what I thought." I asked this person who, you know, whether or not I actually value their opinion or not. I did ask them, and everything has value, so I'm going to listen to what they say, and then that's going to force me to go back. I mean, I run into it all the time. I have an idea. I ask somebody something. They give me information that might be different than what I think that it forces me to have to think. I don't really look at uh, anything as a negative. I look at it like, hey, um, this is this person's perception based on all their you know, experiences. Uh, I have to value them because you know, this is legitimately what they believe. And so it just is a, a period of growth. And what I think is uh, you know, people have it all figured out. Like, I know how to fucking do this. This is how it is. And uh, case in point, we had a, a seminar at, uh, for CrossFit Football years ago. And this dude in the front row uh, was just kind of an odd cat. And I remember, and you guys have heard the story, he was drinking this concoction. It was like a mason jar, and it was just fucking just smelled terrible. And he was just pounding this stuff. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's a, a dozen raw uh, eggs. And it's like he had this whole fight. It was like this you know, raw milk that I got from a cow and this coca. And he had, he had this fucking concoction. And I was like, ooh, that's, that's pretty aggressive. 
I was like, you know, raw eggs, a dozen of them? I'm like, dude, that, does that ever upset your stomach? He's like, no, man, it's going to make, you know, this. And he was telling me all the health benefits and how I was doing all this. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, it's this. And, and I'm looking at the guy, and um, he looked like dog shit. He was uh, inflamed, he had belly fat. I mean, wasn't in good shape, wasn't strong, wasn't, I mean, just wasn't like, you know, wasn't, uh, I guess you could say, honest with what he, you know, where he was. And I looked at him, I was like, dude, uh, you know, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing it a year. I'm like, dude, uh, well, let, let me tell you by my perception, because he was arguing with me about some of my recommendations. Like, dude, if you're going to eat eggs, make sure you eat them cooked. I'm like, I, you know, there's just too many inflammatory markers and too many problems with eating raw eggs. Uh, you know, and like dairy can be an inflammatory marker for people. And like just went through just some just, you know, basic, you know, food kind of deal and uh, allergies. And the guy's just arguing with me, arguing with me. And I'm like, dude. Then why the fuck are you here, dude? You paid seven hundred ninety-five dollars to come here, and I'm fucking telling you. And um, you know, and the guy was trying to tell me, you know, in his perception of mine, like he was this fucking, you know, great athlete and had all this shit. The guy didn't have fucking any of it. And um, you know, I I, I don't know, uh, you know, whatever happened to that guy? I mean, he's probably listening, being like, fuck John Wellborn. But case in point, like you know, people reach out and they ask questions and they want to get your feedback and this. And then when you tell them what you think and then they fucking battle you on it, it's not because they're interested. It's because they're looking for validation, which is this strange thing on the internet, which I still can't fucking figure out. It's like, uh, you know, I'm going to spend, um, you know, three hours a day to find the perfect quote or picture or something to post on an Instagram or, or some other social media deal so that I can somehow get validation from a whole bunch of people I don't know by them liking or not liking it, like, we're fucked up. Like, we're going down a path of ruination, and, like, uh, you know, I just wait for this fad called the Internet to pass. It's a fucking fad, like, pockets and zippers I, and shit like that. I think, yeah, it's like understanding the psychology of people is uh, it's critical. And you're right. Like, when you think about, um, you know, we're, we're, I don't know if we spoke about this before we hit record. But uh, Brandon Lilly was saying how, you know, uh, th the the real powerlifters, the guys that like really built powerlifting, guys like, you know, Kirk Kowarski and Ed Cohn and stuff like that, like they're not the guys that are getting the attention in powerlifting. It's people that are like, you know, you've got to deadlift and do backflips in between your sets, and you got to have like crazy hair and crazy outfits. So it's like this. Right, everybody wants that that kind of entertainment factor, or like what you're saying, it's like they, it's like they feel bad if you if they take your advice. Um, I sometimes look at, right, if we want the solution, what is like the governing thing in high schools? What do high school uh, weight rooms try to run by? They run by uh, bigger, stronger, faster, right? Like that's their program. I don't know the deepest ins and outs of that program, but every time I hear a coach who's doing it, I guess they're either following wrong, right? They max out every week or every other week. It's always a max out. Um, like what? nothing is – I don't know why. The squats are not done full range to depth. And the, it's because it's bad for your knees to squat below parallel. So that's uh, yeah yeah it is, yeah. Queen is a uh, jumping jack back bridge. Yeah. So I almost feel like the way to impact it would take a shit ton of money to create almost like a new resource that is the standard for uh, phys ed teachers, high school strength coaches. You know, I'm not sure what the the 
the way things are going to go. But I always say, even though it's not easy, it's so complicated to actually make it happen is, I go, what I'll eventually do is Underground Strength Gym will not be public, and there will not be two locations. There will be one. It will be in a barn and just a select few. It's probably kind of what you guys have. Yeah, Zach, I, I refer to it as the life cycle. Like, I'm a big fucking life cycle guy. I don't know why. But the life cycle of a, like a, a CrossFit coach or a small gym owner is eventually opening a gym that nobody gets to go to except them. And that's where John's at right now. Like, <laughs> well, we walk in the gym, he locks the door, people like knock on the window and look in, they're like, can we come in? He's like, fuck you, get out of here. Because you well, got no, tired of fucking well, mediocrity. You just, you hit no, a wall with it and well, you're like, I well, cannot take it. And But my fear is, then what kind of coach am I? Is that quitting? I'm quitting or have I just exhausted my emotional and time resources trying to tell people, like, listen, like... No, nah, dude, Zach, Zach, I'm going to give you one little bit of, uh, <laughs> of advice that has uh, allowed me to sleep through the night without even waking up for not even a care in the world. When the student's ready, the master appears. Hmm. So what you do is you go back into, in, into your barn, you go back and you train, and you keep doing what you're doing, and when the student's ready, they will find you, and it will become apparent. That this like idea that I have to put up a sign and lure people in that aren't ready. Like I think about um, all the strength coaches and different people that I've worked with and gone. Like it was me physically going because I needed something from them and I seek them out and I found them. People find power athlete in the same way. Like we get emails, you know, uh, many a day from people that are like, "Dude, this has changed my life. Like this is what I couldn't do and I was searching for something and this is." Uh, you know, this is what I found and this is how I identify myself and there's people all the time that identify themselves as, you know, I'm a power athlete, this is the community, these are my people and they kind of embark within this and um, that to me is important and like that little quote, like when the student's ready, the master appears, has become like such an interesting statement for us and I think for you especially, like you've amassed this body of work, you have this skill structure, you can do these things and if somebody shows up and knocks on your door and stands in your porch for three days without encouragement, food, water, or sleep, yeah. right? They are worthy to come in and learn what you've, uh, you know, what you have. And the problem becomes you have so many people out there right now vying. For, I, I feel like it's like um, there's all these sharks and there's all these minnows swimming around, and it's you know, uh, like we were watching a fucking guy yesterday who just repackaged up uh, lean gains, and now it's intermittent fasting with three days of body, you know, and the guy's driving. Uh, you know, shooting a video in a rented house with a fucking lease or a rented Lamborghini and, you know, I, I've done all this and this, he's going through it. I'm like, okay, there's a shark. And you know what? There's a whole bunch of minnows that are like, oh, if if only I skipped breakfast and trained three days a week, I too could have a Lamborghini. And there's people that believe that shit. And then there's, you know, all these other sharks around. No, do this, do this, do this. And people are so, uh, you know, so, you know, like, if you do my program, you too will get my gains. Little do you know that I'm taking three grams of test and, like, four grams of, of, of trend a week, and I'm 26 years old, and I have a hairline that looks like, um, I don't know, George Burns, And uh, but but you know what, if you do my program, you too can be fucking elite, and it's just fucking bullshit, so like, what we've taken is this idea, like, hey, you know what, like, you'll see our hashtags of, like, that, all the bullshit, and like, you know, what we want to offer, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you anything other than the idea of performance, and like, trying to make you 
uh, a better version of you by empowering your performance. I'm not trying to fucking sell you a gimmick and, you know, do this, do this, and if you fucking do all this bullshit, it's all based on predicated on this, like, you know, like we said, like the like the move the dirt mentality. You just got to show up and put in your time. You got to do your work. You got to get good information and make small life changes, and then eventually you'll fucking get where you have to go. And um, that's what it's based on. But that idea of, like, when the student's ready, the master appears has to... And, and you'll get there, and you'll have this idea where you're like, man, if fucking people need me, they will find me. And you know what? Me going out and chasing them and trying to battle with some parent who wants to fucking go, you know, five, you know, and you're like, dude, if, if driving five minutes more and paying a little bit more is what guarantees better success and a better environment for your child, like, you wouldn't do that? No? Well, then you're not the right fucking person for me. And I think... At least with me, I ran the life cycle of owning a gym, and uh, I ran out, and I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I cannot come in and work with people that, and and this is a a really hard thing I had to wrestle with. When you want it more than the individual, Mm -hmm. it's time to leave. And, like, I would go in there, and I was wanting people to, to, like, to do better, and they just didn't care. And I'm like, I want this for you, and you don't want it. I'm giving you this information. I'm helping you, and yet you don't want it and you're just fucking discarding it. And to me, it became like fucking emotionally difficult. Like I couldn't fucking take it anymore. I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking either fight. Dude, there were numerous times I told people, I'm like, just get your shit and leave, dude. I don't want your money. Get the fuck out of here. And they were like, well, well, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, this isn't for everybody. You are coming into my house, into my place of business, a place that I fucking call home. And what's wild is after a while I stopped training there. I joined a gym down the street because I couldn't come in there anymore because it was that fucking hard for me. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized, I'm like, I can't I can't own a gym anymore. I can't run a CrossFit gym. I can't do any of this anymore. We sold the gym. We built Power Athlete. And you know what? Like, I haven't – I've stepped back foot in there one time in the last year and a half since then. Uh, we went there to train one morning. And, um, you know, it's just – it's become really good. And I think, at least with us, this idea of, like, we're here. Like, people will find us because, you know what? There are people that aren't fucking – uh, you know, wrapped up in the in the the shiny lure and the bullshit, and you know, I'm gonna Photoshop and you know do all this bullshit on Instagram. So then, hey, you know, watch me. Look how great I am now. If you fucking now, now here's my secret squirrel program, and you know, it's just, it's fucking nonsense. I mean, dude, we research all this stuff, man. Like, you know, Fisher who works with us is like that kid fucking scours the internet for nonsense and like always bringing me things, and he just shows me. He goes, does, does this work? I'm like, no, that doesn't work, and I'll tell you why. This doesn't work, and more importantly, I'll tell you why this person's pushing it. Because everybody needs a fucking gimmick. Because hard work, simple, basic, hard work, train, fucking consistency, sleep, eat, isn't sexy. And on the internet, dude, people have become so uh, so desensitized that the only thing that takes notice are the things that are the brightest, shiniest, most ridiculous, outrageous, craziest shit. That the most polarizing thing is what catches people's attention. So preaching uh, a program or necessarily a methodology of like hard work, simple, practical, basic, uh, frequency, getting in, being like, I'm not going to be able to get you fucking strong in eight weeks. And anybody who tells you that's a fucking liar. This is going to be a lifetime of change. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not coaching you for eight weeks. I'm coaching you for fucking the next ten years. And you know what? I'm expecting you to invest what I'm investing in you. And... Um, but unfortunately, people are had to have ADD. They can't understand it. They get fucking you know wrapped up, and you know you program hop, and they get nervous. And somebody you know, and all, and all the time you're like, hey, 
fucking calm that bullshit. Step away. Take a step back and listen to the least non-crazy person talking right now. And um, uh, and for me, like, you know, owning a gym was a, a tremendous experience. I met some of my closest friends. I wouldn't have met, you know, Luke and any of the guys here if I hadn't started that gym. I mean, if I, I wouldn't even have met my wife if I hadn't owned the gym. I met she was one of our members and uh, came to train with us. And um, so I, I owe a lot to it. But what it really taught me was that, uh, you know, as a, a, you know, for the people that I believe that we are, which is this idea of like, um, and I use the coach term very infrequently, this idea of like some some really smart people that are good athletes that can help other people reach their goals. Um, you know, there is a definite place for us. And unfortunately, slinging it out in a, in a gym where somebody's coming in and price shopping you because they don't understand the value of what they do because they've never researched it, they have no education, no background for it, and they're coming in. You know, this guy up the street's got a similar name. He's a CrossFit. You're a CrossFit. It must be all the same because you guys are franchisees, right? And uh, he's charging 179 and you're 180. I'm gonna go somewhere that's a buck cheaper. And you're like, dude, that guy's in a garage, uh, you know, at his mom's house, and has only been doing this for two weeks. Dude, we've been here for years, and I'm and but people, no perceived value, nothing. And right. so what happens is they go there, they get hurt, and then what do they do? CrossFit hurt me. It's a bad yeah. training. Don't do it. And then instantly you're blackballed. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I um I'm I'm not gonna get into a, a a fucking situation where I'm duking out and fighting with a bunch of motherfuckers dude that haven't even fucking can't even carry my gym bag in the fucking in the weight room and um but that's the deal you're at and I think that like when I remember that from a old martial arts movie when the student's ready the master appears like that to me like put a level of calm on me and I'm like I'm good. I'm fine to step away. This is what we're going to do. This is our passion. This is our mission. And we're going to find the people that are passionate and want good information and want to fucking become a badass motherfucker. And um, it's, it's it's simple to me, but I think you're right in the fight of it. You're, you're dealing with yeah. this. And unfortunately, or I mean, fortunately, we're, we're a little ahead of you in the life cycle, to quote Luke Summers, but it's, um, it's become this fucking deal where it's, it's a... Uh, Anybody can do it, and I really hope that this is the peak and we start going in, into a descend like the mortgage industry in 2009. Uh, but, you know, who knows? So, so I'll get off my soapbox. Zach, I was watch. I've been, over the past, like, four or five weeks, I've been trying to start to watch Fargo, the show on FX, and I'm, I doubt that you have time to fucking watch TV shows at night and crush this I stuff. But, watch, I, I heard of that, but I've been, man, I got pulled into that show Homeland. Yeah, dude. So, so before we get going on that though, there was a just last night I saw like first half of an episode, uh, and one of the characters is sharing a story, and I'm I'm gonna read it to you. I found it on uh, the Google here. Um, a rich man opens the paper and sees that the world is full of misery, and he says, "Hey, I have money. I can help." And he gives away all of his money. Uh, people are still suffering. Another day, now poor, he sees another article in the paper that says organ donations save lives, so he donates a kidney. He still knows people are suffering, so he goes back to the doctor and he says he wants to donate all of his organs, everything that he has, uh, and the doctor says, you can't do that, it's suicide, so he sends the man home. So the man gets in the tub at home, slits his own throat, puts the words organ donor uh, above him on the wall. On his gravestone, it reads, the man who gave everything. And basically the character sits back, confused, he's like, what are you fucking talking about? And then the other dude goes to him, only a fool thinks he can solve the world's problems. Uh, that's you know what I mean? Here because you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're so uh, people like us. We're so passionate, and I always tell people, I go, 
you just can't turn it on and off. People could tell you all the time, but uh, and then and then it almost sounds like you have a god complex, right? You're like trying to fix. You're trying to make every athlete a champion when the reality is there's room. There's only one guy gets the gold. Only one guy takes first place. So they can't all be champions. And that is true. And I think, um, you know, looking back to the early days, talking about that life cycle, that is probably um, or very, very, very likely the way my gym or whatever it will become club is going to have to go back to back to the garage, back to, you know, invite only, you know, I remember my website didn't even have an address on it. <laughs> you know, it was like, you didn't want the wrong people finding out about it. And I had the right people then. I never had the wrong people lifting in my garage. And um, you try to always get the right people in, but Sometimes the wrong people slip through or you think you could change them or, or you just don't know enough about them. And, um, man, you guys are right. And, John, I definitely think, you know, a couple of us got to get together and kind of um, put something together and make it free as a download. And then um, we just print out a shit ton of copies and make sure we're, we're giving it and even fucking dropping it off at bookstores. Yeah. I think parents have to know and they've got to get – educated about that and um you know i look at all you can do though zach and i didn't want to i don't want to come off like a pessimist like there's no fucking hope but one thing that i think that there's absolutely try to influence everything you can but focus on what you can control as well you know some shit's just going to be out of your control and (laughs) this is a perfect example of putting some time into trying to drive influence and i think it's a piece that will definitely influence a population of people everyone no fucking way right but uh, – and I think that's where – when John and I find ourselves fucking slamming our heads against the table and being like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it's just like we eventually – you know, nature takes over and we just kind of go back to this place where it's like let's just focus on what we can control. And then life's kind of good for a while and then you run into another fucking problem. You're like what the fuck? But I think it's those battles that are constantly pushing out your sphere of influence and maybe one day one of us will find ourselves being – our sphere of influence covers the whole fucking globe. Who fucking knows? But it's like if you're trying to always operate outside your sphere of influence, that's when you're gonna fucking sit in the bathtub, slit your throat, and fucking be the guy who gave it all. You know, gave well, it. Well, I mean, dude, the uh, it's you know, it, it's a strange thing. Like, um, you know, can you it, do you have to save everybody? You know, and I think like we we always think about that. Like, is it our mission to fucking bring? Uh, good, solid, you know, strength conditioning. Like I think about, uh, you know, in the 200 plus talk to me Johnnies I have, dude. There's been like millions of page views. I mean, thousands of comments and information. And like, what's crazy is, to say, is I get the same questions, and and I it's really slowed down for the mere fact that like people send me a question, I just forward them back a link on something I've already written. Yes. Uh, on a look. Well, well, yeah, you know, it's like the search function. So, I, like, I'll forward, like, let me Google that for you, and like, it'll come up, and <laughs> we'll send it to them. And, uh, uh, but but yeah. it's, it's become this 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 constant fight where, you know, and I, I've joked about it on the blog all the time. People believe they're their unique snowflakes and that, you know, everything's unique to them. And I'm you like, you, you are going through the exact same fucking thing that everybody else is going through. And I know this because not only have I owned a commercial gym where we've worked with hundreds of athletes. I've traveled the globe over the last seven years certifying 
thousands of athletes. And before that, dude, I played in a job with some of the best athletes on the planet and trained and lifted weights as a job every day of my life and trained all over the world with the best people on the planet since I was fucking 14 years old. I think I have at least a little bit of expertise to tell you why this isn't right or how it all kind of fits together. But yet some guy on some message board on page 37 of some obscure fucking thread from nine years ago heard a rumor that Jim Wendler said something to a guy at a bar and <laughs> that's what he's fucking going with. And like, it's fucking unbelievable. Like people will glean onto the most useless fucking deal as their fucking life hold because it somehow makes sense to them at that very moment. And it's fucking doesn't. It's insane. They're lost. The, uh, I think you answered a uh, blog, like a question on your Talk to Johnny blog. You kind of said to the guy, as soon as you realize that you're not a unique snowflake, like, you will get this. And, you know, Dave Tate said something to the fact, like, we got to stop telling, you know, we, we tell people, hey, man, use the search function. Or he's like, well, they just probably want to hear that answer from you. But you're right. Like, people don't want to search for shit. And that's my thing. Like, I want to show people that if you just do this, if you just become a worker, then you're going to be more successful. And that's what that's what fires me up because I know that that shit, you know, I know it has a carryover to everything. And that's my thing about being fired up. But you guys are right that you can't fucking change the entire world, save the world. But of course, that's how I think, you know. And and I also like to. You know, speaking to all the lifters and the coaches listening, you know, I don't want us to become apologetic for, you know, accepting nothing less than excellence. Like, we we got to stop feeling bad about it. Oh, you're right on, Dean. I know, hey, man, I know you got a, you got a hard stop here. So any last wise words for the, for the kids listening at home? The kids, yeah. The work. The answer is in the work. <laughs> And for anyone who's fucking crazy enough to not even know who our boy Z is, where can they find you? Where do you want them to look at you? I know you're all over everywhere at once. You are the you're the single person who has total uh, omnipresence on Earth. <laughs> I would just say uh, Google Underground Strength, and that'll take them to the blog, to um, YouTube, Instagram, and all that stuff. So pretty simple. Cool. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Do you have anything Thanks. else, one? Yeah, Zach, I just want to, I think we talked you off the ledge. I just want to give you some some advice, and that's suffer fools gladly. Don't take anything too seriously or personally what people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I think <laughs> we accomplished something today. Cool. Hey, you guys uh, send me the invoice for the therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Don't worry. We've already faxed it over. You know, we'll, uh, you know and yeah, there'll Zach, be, uh, you, you know well, that it, it, it also comes with a prescription for uh, either, either uh, Thorazine, so we're going to have to take like 10 milligrams of Thorazine. We <laughs> like to do that IV, not IM. And then uh, what do you think on? Well, Tex and I take payment in Ciders and Shiner Box and Ninglings. So <laughs> I do miss, I'll, I'll tell you, dude. This is an the irony of that is uh, they only sell Yingling on the East Coast in the Philly area. And, like, it is so rare. Like, I've never seen Yingling out here. So whenever I go back in that area, I'm always like, Yingling? And they're like, or, you know, and they're, like, so excited about it. They're like, do you live in California? I'm like, yeah, they don't sell this shit out there. So that's always a – and that, the other thing, too, um, and nobody believes me, is they don't make chicken wings like they do in Philly and the East Coast. Like, there was wings everywhere out here. There's yeah, no wings. It's, it's not the same. No. It's like pizza in California sucks. I always hear sandwiches. That. Hey, let it's me – 
I'll say, I'll say this before I cut out. I got to pick up my kids. I met up with K star years ago in Philly. He was doing a seminar and I said, dude, before we go, you know, talk to our boy Johnny and find out where to eat. We went to the Continental. We, I remember we crushed food, and I was like, dude, oh. we, just, we just ate like we're in the NFL. But I was like, are we <laughs> dude, I, I actually <laughs> remember he texted me. I'm like 210. I'm 220. He's 230 or whatever. And I was just like, we just killed a bunch of food. I can only imagine John Welburn and his voice put this place Dude, we, uh, I, and I see, I remember that. He texted me, and it was funny. He was like, if you were in Philly and you could go to one place, where would you go right now? One second. And I was like, Continental. And he's like, yeah. done. And then, like, uh, and I think he went there. And I think I texted him, like, you have to order the Buzz Aldrin, which is a martini with tang in it. Yes. And, uh, we, did, we did have that stuff. I got it wrong, guys. But, yeah, uh, that was, that was yeah. the best. Grateful. All right, dude. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. For the love of God, start following Zach Evanesh on all forms of social media. He is very active. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram under the name Z Evanesh. Visit his website, www.undergroundstrengthclub, to read his blog or check out his book. He is a coach with a legacy and a very respected training philosophy, and it's that simple. You need to be inspired by him on a daily basis. Well, until next time, bye!